Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm your host, John Hare. And on today's show, I'm going to give you an update on Scratch, my Vaquero Heritage Training Challenge horse. And uh, just to catch you up, yes, it has been a couple of weeks since we've had the podcast. And as you remember from the last show, I told you that I was going to be a lot more infrequent through at least through October with my podcast. But I do want to give you an update. There's some good news going on. And uh, let's see, we're about to the uh, about to the 17th ride with with Scratch. I've been working with him since June 14th, and it, it, just to kind of keep get you up to speed in case you uh, just tuned in, I've been uh, chosen to be one of eight trainers for the Vaquero Heritage Trainers Challenge that's coming up October 9th, 10th, and 11th in Tehachapi, California. Now, the way this deal works is that there are some horses that are part of a wild horse, a wild herd rather, in Tehachapi, California. That's about an hour drive from here. And these horses are known by a couple of different names. Uh, the Oak Creek Wild Horses or uh, Tehachapi Mountain Horses. They've been roaming free on private land uh, for some people will estimate it uh, maybe 80 years or so. Some, some suggest maybe even a hundred, who knows. The history behind the horses is somewhat um, obscure. There was an article in the recent Morgan Horse Breed magazine that talked a lot about these horses. They seem to have a lot of Morgan in them. The herd is almost entirely black or seal brown and uh, with very few white markings on anywhere. So anyway, so there's this this herd in Tehachapi. It's on private land, and over the years, the herd has grown. It's well up over 100 horses now. We've got a little drought going on here in California, and feed is scarce. The caretakers of the herd want to uh, thin the herd, as it were. And they came up with this program, the VHTC, where they've chosen eight trainers. We each picked up a horse uh, June 14th. So June 13th, they're running wild. June 14th, we threw them in a trailer, brought them home. And we've got until October 9th to train our horses. Then at that time, in Tehachapi at the Sterling Arena, there's a three-day event. First off, they'll assign us a new Tehachapi Mountain horse. And then we'll have three sessions of training that horse. The public is invited, and everyone's going to be able to watch two things. One, how we train our new horse, how we get him accustomed to us. Now, there's no expectation of having him saddled or ridden, but you should have him somewhat gentled. And then two, what we've done in the four months that we've had our, I call him our long horse. Now, I got my horse, uh, he's a gelding, and I got him on June 14th, like I said, and I've proceeded to do a lot of groundwork with him. It hasn't always been easy. I've made a number of different mistakes. I'm the probably the newest of the trainers. Everyone else, from my understanding, has started a horse from scratch, but I haven't. So this was a challenge for me. I wanted to put my horsemanship uh, skills to the test, and it seems to uh, it seems to be testing them uh, quite severely too. So I made some mistakes, and then uh, uh, had to. G- well, let me before I get into that stuff. Let me just tell you, uh, I finally got scratched to the to the dentist. 
Uh, Dr. John Tully over at Bakersfield Large Animal Vet Hospital has graciously agreed to uh, sponsor Scratch, and he gave him a dental exam, a medical, and then his vaccines. And he also aged him for us. So we had no idea how old Scratch was when we got him. And we know only that he was gelded in 2013. And as it turns out, Dr. Tully estimated Scratch to be nine years old. That means he was born around 2006 and he was a stallion until 2013. I don't know too much about horses and how they work, but some people have told me that when they've been a stallion that long, they can be a little bit uh, more stubborn. Might be a good word. I don't know. I'm not going to say that, but maybe. But the um, but regardless, we're not gonna we're not gonna make excuses for him anyway. Uh, Scratch had his teeth mechanically floated by Doctor Tolly. He also received uh, his. Uh, West Nile virus, his tetanus, and uh, EWE flu and rhino vaccines. We did a, uh, when I got Scratch in the June 14th, let's see, I warmed him uh, very quickly. I got him gentled pretty easily, and then I did my uh, squeezed carol syrup down their mouth in the warming syringe, and then I was able to put the warmer in them probably around June uh, 17th or 18th. I used Quest Warmer. He'd been living wild. I mean, he hadn't been handled at all, and he'd been grazing off the off the, the grass in Tehachapi. Gave him that one warmer, and his fecal egg count was negative. Uh, Dr. Tully also mentioned that he had a body condition score of 5, and that was after I'd had him for about a month. And I interviewed Dr. Tully right after the uh, dental exam, and he gives us kind of a, a synopsis of the and the whole experience that uh, that Scratch had, and gives you kind of a medical update. So here's Dr. Tully. Just finished the dental with uh, Scratch, and we're with Dr. Tully. What's your impressions of this horse? Well, I think he's about nine years old. Uh, he's got a good coat, with the exception of some healing scarring that I think is pretty superficial. I don't see any primary skin disease going on at that point. Um, he's got a condition score of five, so he's in a nice weight. Uh, we're gonna have to watch the source as he gets older. He's probably like, if he is some Morgan in him, he's an easy keeper and he might be a, a um, insulin resistant kind of candidate, but that's certainly not a problem today. Uh, he's got good feet and legs, nice feet, exceptionally nice feet actually, uh, and he's well trimmed at this time, so that's not a problem. Uh, his dentistry was unremarkable. He had a couple little ulcers, uh, in, buccal ulcers in his gums back in his last upper molars, uh, which we fixed that problem. A little bit of spikes in his first lower molars, it would have been a problem with a bit. He was pretty sharp in his upper uh, first premolars, would have been a problem with a bit. He did have a little bit of an irregular incisor bite, which we leveled out. I'm not sure why, but not a big deal, but we leveled that out a little bit. Other than that, he seems very healthy to me. He's amazingly well behaved today, so John's been doing a good job so far to get him in here quietly nice. and have him behave himself, so we're pretty happy. And we did a fecal egg program count, which was native, so parasites are not an issue today. So I think we can go on with him and follow the program. We good. vaccinated him for sleeping sickness, tetanus, West Nile, influenza, and herpes or rhino. And then we're going to redo that in a month. And we're going to do that in a month, redo that in a month, unless you have a history of him being previously vaccinated. Great. 
And um, when you mentioned his body score was five, is that about where we want him at? No. That's a five out of nine, so that's just right. Okay, good. Um, no heavier, okay. Now, when you really get to riding him, he might, in the summer, with the heat, he might lose a little more weight. He might lose a little weight, which he could afford to do. So you've got the, you've got the room there to have him lose 50 pounds and not have him look bad. So that's okay. Great. Thanks a lot, Dr. Tully. My pleasure. Thank you. So that's his uh, his kind of medical update. Uh, the one nice thing that I that I had with Scratch was I wanted to make sure that whoever um, whoever gets him at the end of the event and he's going to be auctioned off on October 11th that they know that he's had he's up to date on his vaccines we're going to give him some boosters at the end of August and that he's also had his teeth floated so that's something that his new owners won't have to worry about for uh, at least a little while anyway uh, the and the vet visit went really well I had worked with scratch a lot on the ground and I'd run him through the different uh, different little obstacles that made him feel tight and confined. I'd also worked uh, quite some time on getting him to trailer load real easily. And we had to get to Dr. Tully's office and put him in those stocks so that he could, you know, put the little thing in his mouth and the little suspension thing and they'd crank open his mouth and then he could do his mechanical dental. Of course, they gave him a they gave him a sedative. Uh, he did great. He trailered well. He uh, got into stocks. We worked him a little bit on the ground. Never gave a fuss. And and these are really even minded and cool horses as far as their trainability goes. And but that being said, I was doing my groundwork and all that was going pretty well. We had had a couple of setbacks. I wanted to ride him. I wanted to get him saddled. And uh, I had a couple of setbacks there. I only have a 30-foot round pen uh, in my yard. And I, I have a half-acre piece of property with two other horses on it. And it was really kind of tough to get any substantial amount of work. It's, a, it's really a kind of a tight area. I was trying to get him ridden before we went on our uh, family vacation in uh, mid-July. I wanted to start him the week before. And quite frankly, I was feeling a lot of pressure from the other trainers. They're all posting on Facebook. Um, one gentleman was saying that he was on his ninth ride, and I hadn't even gotten scratched saddled at that point. And I knew um, that... I was trying not to compare myself to the other trainers. They're all far more experienced than I am. But there's still something in the back of your mind where you're you're going, oh man, everybody else is going. October's going to be here in a hurry, and you know I don't want to look foolish. I've got a lot of people helping me, and I and some people are sponsoring me, and I, I just don't want to let anybody down, and I don't want to let my horse down. I want I wanted I want Scratch to be a solid horse, trail riding horse for anybody to be able to ride. I want whether it's a kid man, woman, child, trail riding, whatever they want to do, I want him to be a, a safe and secure horse. That's foremost in my mind. So I was feeling a little bit of pressure to get him going and getting him under saddle. And I won't go into the problems that I had. They were they were just kind of wacky. But I was feeling a little bit sorry for myself as, as we sometimes do when things don't go right. I was working on an article about Dr. 
the ranch that Dark Bar was on uh, that we visited on Memorial Day weekend. And a friend sent me a book by uh, Gayla Nettles, and it was this, the story of Dark Bar. And almost every piece of history about Dark Bar was written in this book. And so I'm flipping through it, just kind of feeling, wondering, you know, trying to enjoy the book, but also kind of in the back of my mind going, golly, what did I get myself into? Do I have the skills to train a wild horse? How am I going to get him there in October? Um, you know, are things going to get easier? Are they going to get tougher? I, you know, I got to ride the guy. How safe is he going to be? You know, I don't want to hurt myself. I'm, I'm getting up there and age myself, and I want, I want to be safe myself. So those, all those things were kind of running through my head, and I was feeling a little bit down. And I'm flipping through this book, and I read about um, a trainer named Don Dodge. And they labeled him in the book on Doc Barr as one of the greatest horsemen of his time. He owned uh, Fizabar, who was a top 10, he finished in the top 10 six years and was a world championship cutting horse mare in 1968. And Don Dodge also owned Pocalina, who was a national cutting horse uh, top competitor. And... And so Don Don Dodge, I mean, this guy had to know just about everything about horses. And I just kind of want to read you a little bit. I know who wants to read on a podcast, but I just want to kind of read you a little bit of story and see how this is going to play out. But um, on page 73 of Gala's book, it says, uh, Don Dodge had more horsemanship ability than any man I ever knew commented Martin Clark. He was quite a diverse individual. He could recite Shakespeare as well as train horses, and he trained some outstanding ones. He was probably one of the smartest showmen I ever saw. Dodge's talents were tested, however, with Fizibar, who, by the time she had moved to Sacramento with her new trainer, had run the arena fence so many times that her desire to work had dissipated. Shortly after Fizibar accepted her cutting trainer, Dodge's faith in the mare got tested. One day, Chunky, I love these old guys' names. One day, Chunky Woodard stopped by the barn to visit with his trainer, and during their conversation, he admitted Mrs. Woodard seemed to have lost interest in Fizibar. He suggested that Dodge sell her for $10,000 because he was training her for the Woodards. For Don Dodge, it had been a long, tough year training Fizibar. He'd spent a year training on her. But one he did not want to throw away. The mare was definitely athletic, was developing a gleam in her eye about a cow. Although Dodge didn't have $10,000, he had half of it, and he was willing to bet on Fizibar for the other half. With 5000 down and a promise to pay the remaining 5000 by the end of the year, Dodge became the owner of Fizibar. When the mare became mine, though, he reminisced, it seemed she automatically went from bad to worse. One morning when I was thoroughly disgusted with her, Kenny Sutton came by. Angrily, I told him I thought I'd just give up on training her for cutting. I'd just bridle her and show her in the bridal class. But Kenny didn't see things the way I did, and he said, Tell you what, you just keep after her, and any time in the rest of that mare's life you want to sell her, I'll give you your $10,000 back for her. 
That gave me a little incentive to keep on trying to train Fizibar, said Dodge. So there we're at the uh, California State Fair, and Dodge just relates this story. We were stabled in the back of the fairgrounds at Barn 24 with about 30 head of horses, chuckled Dodge. I decided to ride Fizibar around the place for a little experience, and we were doing just fine until I went around a pole and a bunch of those white birds flew up. That did it, and away she went, and I couldn't stop her. She was flying. She ran clear to the clubhouse turn and almost back to the barn with everybody watching me and trying to stop her all the while. Needless to say, they laughed about that for years. Although the incident remained fodder for laughter, Fizibar did not. Instead, she adapted quickly in the sport of cutting, building a reputation as a tough competitor. Dodge's perseverance and hard work produced a top-notch contender in the cutting arena. Don Dodge also trained Pocalina. Just as it was with Fizibar, however, the road to success on Pocalina tested Dodge's patience and ability. I didn't show my pride and joy a cow until I got her home to Sacramento. We rode horses in the open country back then, so I'm out there walking her around and I'm so proud of her. Everything's fine until I kick her into a lope, and when I did, this mare took off like a raving idiot, and boy, can she run. And she doesn't give up, either. Back in those days, I used to smoke cigarettes, and I smoked plenty of them because because of her. I'd get so mad at her because I couldn't lope her. Day after day, it was the same thing. You'd think that after a while, she'd change, but not her. This mare had heart. You'd get to fighting her, and that was worse. So I'd get off her, sit under a tree, and just stare at her while smoking a cigarette and cussing her. The point of that, when I'm reading it, like I said, I was feeling a little bit down on myself. And here's one of the greatest horse trainers of all time. He, a guy who who trained not only Fizibar, but also Pocalina. Don Dodge, one of the best trainers of his time, one of the most knowledgeable, one of the most skilled Training some of the best horses there are. I mean, Fizibar and Pocalina, come on, these, these, these were great horses. And he had problems with those horses. So who am I to say, golly, you know, feel sorry for myself because I got this wild horse and I can't work out my problems with him. And it really motivated me to say, this guy just keeps plugging away with these great horses. And if I keep plugging away with Scratch, I'm going to make little changes. I'm going to keep on improving. And I did. I, I, I threw myself back into it. I got um, got back on the horse. That's a stupid thing to say. But I got back on the horse. And we kind of kept on going. And we kept pushing ahead. Um, I had some great people helping me as far as giving me some some pieces of advice. I'm, I'm, training, I'm trying to train... Scratch in the Vaquero way, which uses starts off in a hackamore. I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. One, his teeth hadn't been done when I first started. When I first started putting them on, putting putting some over his head. So instead of using a snaffle, which might have hurt his teeth, and Doctor Tully said there were some sores in his mouth, that I used the hackamore. Well, I don't. I've never used a hackamore before. I had to go buy one and and. And then I had to figure out how to use it. It pulls differently than a snaffle. So uh, it, for me, it, it's, a big learning, it's a big learning experience. And that was one of my motivations for 
applying to become one of the trainers was because I wanted to learn more about my horsemanship. I wanted to test myself more about the ho- my horsemanship. We've been we've been making progress. We've um, we've we've been riding uh, 15, 16 times uh, as of yesterday. I rode him this morning. Hadn't been able to get scratch into a lope until yesterday afternoon, where uh, I went out to Rancho Stables, a local stables here. They had a, a nice sized arena that I could use. I didn't like. I said I haven't had a real proper facility to try and lope him in and I got him into a lope and it was it was a really great feeling I thought we had made some some uh, really good strides and we had we've improved a lot wrote him this morning he continued to improve uh, loped him a little bit more this morning we also worked on some guiding exercise I'm still trying to figure out that that hackamore and so is he and he's working and we did some groundwork we're going to be in the Tehachapi Mountain Parade we're going to just probably walk but we're going to be in the Tehachapi Mountain Parade on Saturday uh, and that's August or no Sunday August 16th and we're going to see we're going to walk with some of the other Oak Creek Wild Horses in that parade and see how that goes and uh, I've got some plans to take him to uh, hopefully to Simi Valley to an, to one of the other competitors has invited me over to to see to ride together and then uh, I'm going to try and go some other places I've got uh, uh, Matt Sheridan up in Tehachapi he's a, a very well-known trainer locally in the area and uh, he's very knowledgeable, particularly about the Vaquero way, and he's going to help me with some of the, the buckaroo techniques that I'm going to need to to incorporate in the competition part. And uh, so anyway, we're making a lot of progress for Scratch, and I wanted to give you an update and let you know how things are going on. I know you guys that you, know, you guys have always supported me in the show, and the show's become a little bit intermittent. It's it's kind of taken the back burner. It, it was getting a little bit hard to produce an hour long show, find guests, and bring them on, and and do all the the editing and the the website work and all the social media that I do, and train a horse, and also do some of the stuff that I'm required to do around the house. Uh, and I just want to let tell I just want to let you know that I really appreciate all your support and I hope you follow along with Scratch and the Vaquero Heritage Trainers Challenge. The uh, websites that are available, I have oops. The websites that are available, I have a blog that's on Scratch and that's uh, oakcreekhorse.blogspot.com and then the Vaquero Heritage Trainers Challenge event page that is also, uh, let's see, that's VaqueroHeritageTC.com. You can also find Vaquero Heritage Trainers Challenge on Facebook. I tweet at uh, Woe Podcast, and I'll hashtag everything VHTC. You can search on that. So that'll do it for this show. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can send an email to john at woepodcast.com. Uh, I do want to thank my sponsors for the VHTC, the Bakersfield Large Animal Vet Hospital, and Dr. John Tolley and his staff there. They do an excellent job. Also, uh, Matt Sheridan, Performance Horses. He's a trainer, a horse trainer, 
people trainer. He, he uh, does clinics several times a year, and you can find links to him at the uh, website wopodcast.com. And I'll also have a link to him at oakcreekhorse.blogspot.com. And then uh, there's a lot of people that are supporting me in a number of different ways. Uh, Rancherio Stables let me use their arenas. That's uh, that's a whole lot of help. Sean McRoberts Horseshoeing. He's uh, he's been a great resource as far as knowledge and horsemanship goes and then uh, joanne galbraith who uh, is also a local bakersfield horse person she is uh, allowing me to use her arena and her obstacles and these people are are really generous with not only their time and their advice and they're very patient with me who's not all that knowledgeable and then uh, of course i want to thank scratch because he is the most patient so far of, of everybody i've run into So I really uh, appreciate your support and uh, look forward to talking to you about our progress down the road. So until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.